Welcome to Spirit Behind the Screen. Each episode, your host, Marty McCurdy, deep dives on industry trends around high reliability electronics and the supply chain in aerospace and defense. This is episode 42, covering the CHIPS Act and investment opportunities for the whole supply chain around U.S. manufacturing. This is Alyssa Marquez, producer with Spirit Behind the Screen, and I'm with Marty today. And we want to talk about a big, some big news happening in the aerospace and defense electronics market, and that's the passage of the CHIPS Act. Yes, it's uh, certainly exciting. Thank you. I always love having a little chat with you when we get a chance. Sure. Uh, the CHIPS Act, you know, I've been in this industry so long that I remember when everything was moving to Asia, right? So I spent two and a half years over there covering Singapore, Taiwan, the Philippines, um, Malaysia for sure, KL and Penang, some Thailand and, and this interesting little island off of Singapore uh, that uh, was called uh, Batam Island where they opened up a brand new facility just to start manufacturing and they didn't even have electricity on the island. Everything was generated, wow. you know, so the people, inhabitants living there were like, you know, it was it was like revolutionary, right? So, yeah. So that tells you how old I am. How old I am. But, <laughs> um, but it, it is exciting now. I'm still in the industry to watch it come back and and better late than never, I say, mm-hmm. right? So I am excited to see how they're going to, to manage it. But yes, now that it's been passed, everybody's got their eyes on it. And so what you've started touching on there is that the whole goal of the act Uh, that Congress and the federal government are going to be working with is to fund the return of manufacturing for semiconductors, uh, chip manufacturing to the U.S. Because we we have, the supply chain has really gone very global with microelectronics. And the biggest thing that happened in the last couple of years, COVID, which nobody predicted, drove us to really realize how spread out that supply chain is. It's drove up the lead times, everybody's increasing prices, and we want to make sure that we're maintaining some control on and some, we're, we want to keep America on the cutting edge of it as well. This is meant to be a business investment tool to encourage companies to come back. And a lot of companies were already looking at this before Congress passed that. That is so true. I mean, you know, when, when we started manufacturing offshore, the infiltration of counterfeit became just uh, yes. this massive runaway train, right? And I know Tom Sharp was a, a big advocate for putting together a lot of our programs on counterfeit mitigation and things like that. And and it's not just that, right? It's It really is to have like our, our destiny in our own hands, mm-hmm. basically. And so bringing manufacturing back, I think we always owned like the heavy part of the IP in the U.S., but then manufacturing for cost, you know, necessities and things, even into Mexico, right? It always has gone into those countries where cost of living, it wasn't that it was an exploitation of the, of the labor. It was, it was very welcomed and helped those economies grow exponentially. They would sure. not have done it without it. Uh, but really what, what it did was it, it just went into areas that bolstered up a lower income, a, you know, a lower cost of living area and brought tech into those industries. So watching it happen and now watching it come back is exciting. But I, I do believe that there's 
several things that are hinging on this channel that we're in of, okay. of just allocation and push out of you know two and uh, from you know a short term to two years now things like that that you just can't manage any schedule on a two year delivery yeah. right. I see it as one is the raw materials, and I believe that for the U.S. that that ship has sailed, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that China has come into Lima, Peru, and in Africa, and all these places, and has secured a lot of the the raw materials that we need. So now to bring manufacturing back, at least we can retain you know that level of security for ourselves and our manufacturing, especially in our industry of of DoD and aerospace, uh, is very critical. The other piece of that is the, uh, you know, bringing manufacturing back is with the CHIPS Act, you know, here locally in Arizona, it's going to be a big impact, yes. of course, because we're, we're growing in leaps and bounds with what companies are moving into Arizona, especially from the aerospace and defense market. And I know our local Intel here in Chandler yeah. spent, I think, $2 billion or maybe more increasing their fab and i know they have started a fab in ohio that they've got a little bit of a slowdown on but really that's the kind of thing that is a big mover and we're really looking to offer you know that like the ecosystem that supports that foundry business that's really where we are going to be playing in that chips act market yeah sure so the chips act i mean when we first heard about it and we were thinking about it we heard it was going to be very heavily manufacturing focused and you've talked about the fabs and the fact that a lot of these companies that were manufacturing overseas wanted to bring that back local a lot of people were designing with technology and that they didn't have local access to. It was all overseas. A lot of those companies started before we even had the CHIPS Act to set up these new fabs, and that takes significant time to get up. It's very expensive investment, but we definitely have the demand there to make that worthwhile to them. Meanwhile, Spirit's small business in distribution. We definitely have that turnkey offer where we're doing testing, we're doing the card assembly. Why are we so excited? Is yeah. it just this big, we're not manufacturing necessarily, but how is this supporting the whole supply chain around this? Yeah, it, it really, I did take a hard look at it. And obviously, um, you know, in Arizona, the legislation here with the senators that were involved in things that they have been very key on getting this yes. bill passed. So we are watching closely what's happening there and how this money is going to be distribu distributed and and managed is it grants is it you know similar to ppp and that hasn't been worked out yet but yes okay. um at first i thought it was just manufacturing and it is exciting that the local you know intel and things like that are are expanding their fabs one of our biggest lines here is xilinx and t and yes. texas instruments yeah. and ti has built two new fabs in sherman another new fab going in in utah so even you know, directly beneficial for us is that we're going to have products, you know, yeah. quicker than, than <laughs> others. So we're pretty happy about that. It might be a great booking year. I keep saying yeah. that the billings are going to be off because we have nothing to ship. But um, I think what we're seeing in the act is that they have really, uh, my hat's off to the program that was studying this and understanding what is needed to bring manufacturing back. So Basically, I think they're covering uh, legacy defense chips. They're uh, talking about workforce development, supply chain investments, you know, SDB credits. Small business. Uh, yes, yeah, small yeah. business, because that is the backbone, as everyone knows. And just some other, you know, hub zones and things like that. So it, they really have 
looked at all of the spokes of the wheel that drive manufacturing and they're touching all of it and money is getting dis- distributed to each of those avenues so it's exciting to watch i hope it happens sooner rather than sure, later yeah. right uh, <laughs> but um certainly they've they've done their homework and bring that supply back up as soon as we can and that's one of the things that we've invested in here at spirit in our process is looking at that whole turnkey of a supply chain how do we help make that whole chain more efficient more connected and and i'm excited that they've gone that deep in looking at how to support manufacturing but also then how to support the technology itself as it comes back into the country so that's very exciting yeah it is Um, yeah i think yeah i I was going to add something to you there so you know, we uh, obviously, you know, because you do so much of our marketing, <laughs> uh, we Spirit has such a, a wide variety, the alphabet soup, right? The A to Z of what we do. And, and one of those things, uh, starting with the A's, is that uh, we've had great opportunities this year to get involved with some ASICs, so application-specific yes. ICs. And that really helps for ASIC design when we've got more foundry opportunities here in the U.S. to have more capacity for that and we're looking forward to that i i've talked to some of my other colleagues out here that are handling asics and and they're full everybody's full because really you can't you can't keep you know a a schedule like we say that it's a a product is two years out when we could possibly get an asic that we could turn in nine to 12 months but we but again you have to have that capacity at a fab to get those silicon wafers so it's a it's a win-win on that front and uh we're we're really thinking next year the asic play is going to be much heavier for us next year so it's exciting yeah it's a new dimension on the manufacturing Mm -hmm. and i know you've talked about some of the challenges driving that market as well as far as substrate availability and It is another holistic look at how do you support that whole process from supply through delivery. Yes, it is. Um, Just when you think you got something going on, right, (laughs) then there's another curveball. And and it really is. uh, We've been telling people, and now they're starting to feel it. Even some of our suppliers are coming to us now for tests. And so two things that are happening is that substrates, which that's basically, let's call it the bread of the sandwich, right? That's what you build on nobody was looking right nobody was everybody just assumed they would be there it's like uh, you got a car and you you need tires of course there's going to be tires and if there's no tires you can't drive it's kind of that effect so yeah substrates uh, we're looking into how to help mitigate that challenge with the long lead times in in substrates out to a year plus and then we're very heavy in test, obviously, electrical tests. Luckily, you know, our VP, Zef Malik, has a great relationship with Advantest, so we are, have always had this open dialogue of being able to get testers every, you know, periodical time. So if you're not in that relationship, your ability to get a tester is about two years out. So yeah. again, you know, how do you plan? It affected everybody's manufacturing mm-hmm. and, and the people that make the test equipment was a, yeah. definitely an aspect of that. Yeah, in for sure. And now, you know, there's, there's test allocation, people are buying big chunks of time, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it literally is watching this you know, I, I can imagine in my mind sometimes, like back when Henry Ford was trying to get all of his supplies to build cars, it's like yeah. this same revolution, right? It's mm-hmm. like all of the pieces affect all of us now. So uh, it is quite an interesting time to be in the business. Yeah, it was a live experiment when the supply <laughs> chain started <laughs> moving <laughs> on us in 2020. And yeah. and now we're seeing all of those downstream effects. It's 
like you said, it's the service, the service around the supply chain too in the test industry. Not only do you have the testers that are impacting it, but because it's harder to increase the capacity mm-hmm. with fewer testers yes. and with that same, and at the same time, we have our manufacturers are increasing manufacturing, they're increasing output, the demand is still high. And so then that demand's pushing into the service industry now with the tests booking out and you got, and some of those tests take a long time. Yeah, they yeah. take a long time, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, which I know, you know, we're, we're all relishing here about uh, all the hiring we're doing. Yes. <laughs> I feel like my grandmother, right? I can't remember everybody's name. Yeah. But, um, it really is also coming down to the workforce, right? Like yes. there's just whatever has, you know, happened in COVID, whether it's change in outlook in life or, you know, availability or people retired. I don't really know and I don't have time to study it what that is, but just the availability of a workforce, right? Yes. That is the other challenge we're all facing. There's no one we don't talk to that isn't hiring. And, and you know, when we say we need 10 people, they go, well, we need 1,500. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it takes an expertise too. Um, you know, you and Zeph have been in the business a very long time. And uh, some of the suppliers that we're working with, I know we just brought on radiation test solutions mm-hmm. to work with and partner on radiation. And they have decades of experience when it comes to the engineers that can support uh, you know, the radiation, when it comes to us supporting an ASIC. And I know when we were doing feasibility studies back a couple of years ago, the aerospace and defense workforce is aging. Yeah, and We're getting up yeah. there. And so bringing in that new talent and bringing in people on our team and the sales side who are coming from outside of the industry, getting that knowledge has been a real trip. You call it drinking from the fire hose and it really, it does take time to bring those new employees up. And I think that's a big challenge for a lot of our supply chain as well. Oh, I I totally agree. We had, I I know you know, we had the air force in here last week and droves are, (laughs) thankfully we have a big conference table, so they all fit. Um, it was just, you know, just in chatter over lunch, it was interesting conversation that they said, uh, one of their challenges is machine shops. Yeah. So, and, and I know Philips, uh, plastics here locally. I know them, uh, very well and that, and they say the same thing, like their workforce is all like above 65, 75 yes. years old and they can't get new people because no one wants to go in and do an old CNC, you know, machine, a piece of metal wow. into something. Right. So they were saying, which I found it very interesting, like, what are we going to do when that sector of the the tribal knowledge goes away and nobody wants to backfill that so of course the 3d printing conversation Mm -hmm. came up and i still think that that has challenges yet to be uh, overcome overcome yeah Yeah, thanks and uh i just don't i just don't see how we're going to move away from you know cnc machining and how are we going to fill that gap here in about 10 years right yeah it's going to be your problem, honey, not mine, because I probably <laughs> won't be here. But, uh, you know, it, it is it is interesting to watch. Yeah, that'll be it. And hopefully some of the investment and the attention that we're getting from uh, the government on the CHIPS Act is going to help help drive that investment for the industry and the supply chain. So. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I appreciate the, the time today. I think we'll do a, a part two of the chips act oh here yeah once this we is know just a setting bit the stage oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly thanks for listening with spirit this week be sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast to let us know what you want to hear about in aerospace and defense 
You can find out more about Spirit's value-added services and product lines at spiritelectronics.com.